You are listening to the Balkan Bread Podcast. This is a podcast created to connect diaspora worldwide by sharing each other's stories. Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Balkan Bread Podcast. My name's Amina, and thank you guys so much for being here. So for today's episode, we're kind of going along the lines of the same theme that we did a few weeks ago when we were talking about volunteering in Bosnia. So Today's episode is going to be all about how to survive in the motherland. So we're going to talk a little bit more about just staying connected to your culture, but also how to take advantage of different opportunities that are available to you because there are certain things that you can do in Bosnia, different internships and different volunteer programs and, you know, things that a lot of people just don't know about or they haven't really, I guess, done enough research. So I'm super excited. I think this is going to be very beneficial for a lot of you guys who are interested in just going the extra step and the extra mile and giving back towards where you come from and also just, you know, staying connected to that part of you. So for today's episode, instead of me just talking by myself, I'm going to have one of my good friends on the episode, Layla. So it's really funny, actually how we met. So before I even started Balkan Bread, I was writing all of these Odyssey articles, which you guys may or may not be familiar with, but I wrote a couple that were centered on Bosnia. So just like really funny things. I think I wrote something like 48 things only Bosnians will understand and just silly stuff like that. And so she was also writing for Odyssey at the time, just for a different university. And I guess she stumbled upon one of my articles and she took it upon herself to message me on Facebook, which I thought was super cool. And she was just super sweet. Hi, Mina. I just came across your articles and I just wanted to reach out and say that, you know, this is awesome. Like I haven't really come across anyone who has written about this topic, you know, on this platform and things like that. So we kind of started talking from there, and it turned out she was actually from the exact same city that most of my family is from. So she's also from Mostar, and we kind of just kept in touch over time and said that if we both found ourselves there over this past summer, we would definitely meet up and things like that. So we did meet up over the summer, which was awesome. Um, just really random, like all of these different connections that you can get through you know, social media and through doing things like this. So I just wanted to like preface the episode by saying that, but I'm going to go ahead and stop talking now and hand over the mic to Layla. And she's just going to tell you a little bit about herself, you know, where she's from, where she lives now, and then pretty much how she became more in tune with her culture. So hi, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to check out this podcast. And I'd also like to thank Amina immensely for granting me the chance to talk to you all today. Um, Before we dive in further in today's topic, I'd like to tell you all a little bit about myself. Um, So my name is Leila Malavdich. After my parents had fled the war, they managed to settle in a small town in New Jersey, 
where I was raised and I currently still reside in today. Um, At the moment, I currently attend Temple University in Philadelphia, where I'm working towards my bachelor's degree in biology and a minor in chemistry. But the ultimate goal is to attend a master's program in physician assistant studies and to go out and make a difference in the world of healthcare. Um, After a long semester, one of the biggest things I look forward to is traveling back to my second home in Mostad, where I'm so fortunate enough to spend the entirety of my summers there. I return from my visits there. I get tons of questions along the lines of like two months. What do you spend all your time doing there? And how do you not get bored? How did you learn the language so well? And how do you even survive? And thus, I decided to answer all your questions in today's segment as Amina mentioned, how I survived in the Balkans. So Mm -hmm. my earliest memory from my summers in Mostar would probably have to be my very first summer in our new apartment, which I would have to say was about 10 years ago. Summers prior to that one, I'd been staying with family for the whole summer, and they were in very secluded parts of Bosnia and Herzegovina, farmland, village. Um, But then my parents decided to purchase the apartment with the intent of allowing my sister and I to kind of immerse ourselves with other kids our age and learn more about the language, the culture, and even the city of Mostar better. And it was hands down the best decision they ever made for us. But I can assure you it was the very first year was the toughest year to overcome. And I remember arriving for the first time and seeing all these kids outside running and playing with each other and totally enjoying themselves. And I wanted to be able to do the same, but there was one drawback and that was, how was I even going to be able to interact with these kids when I couldn't even speak a pinch of the language? Um, At home, we had never really spoken Bosnian. It was mostly English and I had never felt more embarrassed and ashamed of myself. And I thought, how could I allow this to be? And why should I even be here when I can't even speak my own language? But I didn't want to spend my summers or my future summers just sitting around and sulking over the fact that I couldn't speak my own language. So I decided to take action. And before this podcast, I actually came across this really awesome quote that relates to this portion. And it says, um, with good basics, you have endless options. And so um, the good basics that were required to help me conquer my language barrier and kind of become more in sync with the culture was one, to get constant support from family and friends. And two, was a self-drive or desire to learn the language and that's really all it takes so don't feel discouraged if you don't know the language well it's never too late to learn um and so in my house we would always say um no bosnian spoken no chavapi which is a statement dish um and so we tried to limit the amount of english that was spoken around the house and spoke a lot of bosnian but aside from that um every day was a learning experience for me I'd go out into the city with my parents and I'd ask them to buy me some books, some by Balkan authors, some by even popular American books I'd already read and then they were just translated into Bosnian. So I'd already know what I was reading. Um, It would just be really cool to kind of see what they've altered and help me understand what what it is that I'm reading. Um, While I was watching TV, I didn't only focus on listening to the language being spoken by the actors, but I put on subtitles to completely grasp the words being spoken. And while they were shown on the screen and the people speaking, I forever added them to my own personal vernacular, which was super cool. And another thing that sounds 
um, awesome is um, music. Music is one of the greatest aids when it comes to learning Bosnian. I'd been exposed to it before, like in the car or while cleaning. And I'd raid my parents' CD collections or go on YouTube and I'd discover some artists myself. And then I'd go research the lyrics and translate them word by word so I could enhance my vocab. And not only that, but appreciate the music I was listening to. And lastly, my favorite way to learn Bosnian was, believe it or not, writing emails. Sounds super silly and people find it ridiculous. But because of this, I found writing Bosnian to be much easier than actually speaking it. So my family members would ask me to write back and forth to them. And it was difficult. But the more I formulated the sentences and looked through the dictionary, the more it came naturally. And I was so grateful that no one was ever condescending towards me. They rather provided me with frequent constructive consideration. pardon criticism or feedback so practice makes perfect so let people correct you they don't do it to belittle you but they encourage you to speak it to the best of your ability and speaking this much Bosnian hasn't only been an advantage for me but it's something that I'll take away for life and we can tie back to that shortly but I'd like to go into the highlight of this um, podcast and that is the opportunities that I've had abroad I think that's really good to mention too and you know luckily you were fortunate enough to I guess you were going back every summer is that right or was yes it? okay yeah and so you really got the chance to have that part of your year and kind of set it aside and dedicate it to you know just being there and almost like living like this other life which is something that we always talk about and mention on the podcast you know I always feel like I'm in a totally different like bubble or just different world like when I'm in Bosnia so I think that's really relevant and definitely TV shows I think are it's so like any language that you're trying to learn if you're even watching like I don't know, like how I met your mother or something in like a different language. Like if you're trying to learn, I don't know, like German or something. It's so helpful. I kid you not. And like for me, I would just start watching like Ludzbunyan Normalan with my (laughs) and literally. But that was great because then you could learn all of like the jokes and you would just understand like the sense of humor that went along with, you know, our culture a lot better. So I think that's really special and really, really awesome. So That's kind of going along with, you know, overcoming that whole barrier, which we don't really think about now because I think a lot of the people that, maybe not everybody, but a lot of you guys that do listen to the podcast and just in general, I feel like we all feel, you know, pretty confident in our, you know, language, I guess, abilities and things like that. But definitely, like, for me, at least, I don't know, seven or eight years ago, I definitely wouldn't have felt that way. And now, like, listening to the music and, you know, keeping up with relatives and messages is something that is literally just second nature. But before it was something that was definitely a lot harder to kind of understand and just come to terms with, you know, that part of yourself. So going into different opportunities, which I think this is really interesting because it's something that I didn't even know existed until Layla told me. So She got the chance to basically have an internship at a hospital in Mostar, so I am going to let her kind of talk about that. Okay, so um, as you guys know, and I've mentioned, I'm really looking into um, a career in healthcare and medicine, and I knew that for grad school, you know, if you look at all the things that need to go into the portfolio, it's a tremendous amount of hours that you need to invest into it. And on top of having the perfect GPA and the perfect test scores. And 
I was just sitting there staring at the paper thinking like, how am I ever going to get in all these hours? And I don't even know where to begin. I didn't even know at the time that I wanted to do physician assisting, um, let alone, you know, figuring out my whole career path. And so I actually have some relatives there who um, are, you know, physicians and nurse practitioners and such. And I went to them and I asked them, like, how on earth do you think I could figure out what I want to spend the rest of my life doing, my specialty, and get in these hours that I might want for grad school? They gave me a couple of recommendations. And they, the first thing is probably the simplest thing that you can do is go on Google and type in, like, undergraduate opportunities in the Balkans and Bosnia, like specific to your location. And um, so I found, you know, this hospital that was literally five minutes walking distance from where I lived. And I told my uncle, you know, hey, you know, there's this hospital that's right there. Do you think that there's any possibility that I could work there? And he said, you know, go to the director, speak with them. And so um that way I was able to get in contact with her and my family members also gave me recommendations on where I could work in which department I wanted to start in and I could even fluctuate if I wanted to, which is super cool. I wouldn't have to stay there, but um, I decided it would be in my best interest to kind of stay in one department and learn that department really well. Um, and so I started in OBGYN. So what I always suggest to people when they ask me about like my internship that I've had is if you're spending an extended period amount of time abroad or on vacation, just make the most of it and do your research and you will find yourself stumbling across something that pertains to not just a career path, but maybe a hobby you really like or just something that strikes your interest. And Mossar offers so many um, opportunities. I've known people who have taken summer courses. I had a colleague of mine who actually did a summer program. She spent her time actually in Sarajevo, I think, for the most part. She was doing um, war tours all over the Balkans. And at the end of the, the uh, program, she had to write a very lengthy paper about everything that she learned and she wanted to get more in touch with her Bosnian side because she was from Croatia. Um, so that was really cool to listen. And she ended up getting college credit for it. There's volunteer opportunities, which Amina um, actually did up at United World College. And that's another podcast you guys can take a look at. And I've had a couple of friends who have attended that school. They have all sorts of stuff going on. And then summer internships, um, I know people that have worked at law firms or uh, at the police department or even at the hospital where I work. So I'm going into um, the highlight working at the hospital. So it was very overwhelming at first. I, I cannot say that the day went perfectly. Um, I really didn't know anyone. It was really difficult me as a foreigner to navigate through such a big hospital with so many different departments. And these people were so throwing so many tasks at me. And I didn't even know how to present myself in front of them because they were higher ups. And, you know, I didn't know how to really interact with them because I'd never come across people um, like them before. Um, and I didn't know if there was a huge culture shock. You know, I don't know if they treat people the same as they do as, you know, American physicians and nurses and, um, you know, uh, medical assistants that I would encountered in the United States. Um, and believe it or not, some people did give me the cold shoulder for my identity. Um, and I started to feel hopeless and I started to feel discouraged for a very, very long time at that day I came home and I was like, I don't know if I really want to go back. But I thought to myself, you know, 
they are diminutive against six something million people that are out there, you know, to compare to that many people who are just waiting to meet me and waiting to bond with me um, and give me some kind of learning experience. So I decided to to kind of just ignore them and go in with a different mindset the following day. Um, and short, uh, surely but shortly, um, others were in total admiration that I'd come all this way to study medicine and from a whole different perspective. Um, the other thing I need to mention is that I it entailed getting out of my comfort zone. Um, I'm mostly an extrovert, but especially from the way that I had felt prior to coming to Bosnia, you know, it felt like it was... Um, it was a sense of deja vu it was happening all over again, where I was so afraid to talk to people because I didn't want to be discriminated for being an American coming to Bosnia. Um, so I just had to get out of my comfort zone. I had to throw myself out there and open up to people. And believe it or not, Balkan people are so friendly. And I was surrounded by lots of nice doctors and nurses. And even there were other interns like myself who really wanted to get to know me and help me out. Um, the other thing that I think that you should do while you're having an internship, or I would strongly um, suggest, is don't be afraid to ask questions. Um, those people are there to answer your questions, and they are thrilled when you have questions to ask them because that's the most exciting part of their job. Um, so you'll gain so much more knowledge that way by just, you know, as they're doing some sort of um, – um, let's say they're cleaning like a wound or if they're, you know, putting, storing some uh, medications away, you just ask them, you know, hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? And they're more than happy to help you. And not only are they feeling satisfactory that they can kind of convey their um, their knowledge to you, but you have knowledge to take away for yourself. Um, and going back to the language barrier, um, I was able to even further overcome that language barrier um, and build on my verbal com communication skills and vocab. You know, I was able to see cognates between um, English medical terminology and Bosnian medical terminology that I had read in my classes up at school. Um, and being able to better talk to patients, especially in a language that I had learned not too long ago. Um, and actually, a really cool experience that I thought I would mention that um, is I remember one day, it was so out of the blue, I was at work and um, I was, you know, putting something away and the doctors had come in and they said like, hey, Layla, we need you for a second. Can you come? And I thought to myself like, oh, am I in trouble or something? And there was a woman from a foreign country and she was completely petrified and I could even see it in her face, her body language. And I thought I was in her place for once and I wanted to be able to help. And they'd asked me to interpret um, you know, they weren't able to talk to her because none of the doctors that were around were able to speak English with her. Um, so they asked me to interpret for them. And I thought it was so cool that I could interpret everything that the doctors were saying to the patient. You know, she was feeling much more comfortable and at ease and she was able to receive the treatment she deserved. And I was completely overjoyed. It was probably one of my proudest moments. And I totally felt like all my hard work had paid off and I'm sure that the doctors had felt a, quite a sense of relief. Um, so moral of the story is take the opportunities that are at your hand and don't be afraid to put yourself out there and don't feel like, you know, at the end of the day, like if something doesn't go right, it's, it's just going to get better from there. Only things can only get better. So that is what I have taken away from my internship.
I mean, that's that's an incredible story. And I'm so glad that you shared that. It actually reminded me of something that happened to me um, this past summer. So I don't think I've really talked about this, but you guys know that, you know, before I went on my trip, I was dealing with like a bunch of things that had gone on, you know, my personal life and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So my trip was amazing. It was a lot of traveling and just a lot on my body and just it was more than I had done before. And so I ended up getting sick when I was in Sarajevo staying with my family. And I legitimately did not know what was wrong with me. I was just like throwing up everything that I ate. And I was like, I don't understand. I have eaten this kind of food and, you know, drinking this kind of water every single time I've come and nothing has ever happened to me. So I was very confused as to what was going on. And eventually they were like, you know, just let us know if we need to take you to the hospital. And I was so terrified to go to a hospital just because of, you know, everything that had happened with my dad. I was like, I ain't going, but I didn't have really much of a choice. And so um, go to the hospital there and everything went fine. I just had to get um, like an IV and then some kind of, I don't even know, liquid or something. Clearly, I'm not well-versed in the medical thing. I don't know. Anyway, so um, I think they gave me, like, Uzia or something. I don't know. But um, I was in this room, and I was just waiting, you know, for um, everything to be done. And there was this woman next to me with her daughter, and I believe they were from Turkey or somewhere. I think that's what I caught from what they were saying. And um like you're saying not a lot of the doctors like knew English I think only one of them really knew and so they had to keep like calling him back and forth and it turned out like she had the exact same thing that had happened to me I guess just like a traveler's sickness I don't know I just felt super weak and stuff so it's just interesting that you mentioned that because like for me I was like okay well at least I can you know communicate with these doctors and tell them you know how I'm feeling and if I'm okay you know imagine if you're somewhere else and there is like that language barrier and things like that um, not working out but there was a super nice nurse and she spoke English so she was like checking up on us and things like so anyway that's so cool and I think it's really important to like you said, not be afraid to ask questions and not be afraid to, you know, learn more. And it's intimidating going into these situations because, you know, how you're saying a lot of the people were not a lot of them, but some of them like kind of almost resented what you were doing, I guess, because they think, oh, well, why the heck would you want to come here and like volunteer in a hospital, you know, in Mostar or whatever, when you could maybe get a similar kind of experience, you know, in the U.S. Like, they probably just don't really understand that. But then again, you have people who are on the other side of the spectrum who are looking at what you're doing and where you've come from, and they think that's really amazing because there aren't that many people who are willing to go forth and do that. And, I mean, we've seen that from doing these episodes and hearing about people's stories and how, you know, not enough of us are involved yet, I think every single one of us, every single person that's listening to this has that, you know, feeling of wanting to go after it. I think they're just a little bit scared. And I think your story is a really good example of not letting that fear stop you and, you know, willing to get outside of your comfort zone in that situation. So um, making the most out of your vacation, I thought that was really good because honestly, I mean, I always have a great time, but having that volunteer experience was so different than any other trip that I had had before and 
you know, knowing that you had actually made a difference in someone's life and you weren't just, you know, spending every single day, like, drinking three cappuccinos, like, were really good. So, um, yeah, just having that balance and everything that went along with it. So, do you want to go into, I guess, this other topic just about, like, family and friends that you had in Mustar and, I guess, how you were able to connect with everyone? So, family. Um, so coming to Bosnia every year, the other uh, benefit that I felt like I got from that was learning to prioritize family. And in high school, I felt like I was very distant from my family because um, my parents are very young and very strict and they've always instilled some really ludicrous rules, in my opinion, um, for me. And it was it was really irritating at times. And I would see like all my American friends and, you know, the rules that they had in their households and it was just crazy for me to think that, you know, how different our parents can be. Um, but coming there, it really learned, it really helped me understand um, their mindset and helped us become inseparable. And um, it was so funny because every summer I come there and one of my favorite parts of the day, you know, after I come home for my internship, um, my whole family is gathered around at the lunch table and we eat lunch together. You know, I family across the street, so they just walk over and we eat lunch together. And I think it's one of the most sentimental parts of my day. And I love spending time with them. So love your family unconditionally. Um, I'm also unfortunate when it comes to family because I hardly have any family here in the United States. I only have my immediate family. Most of my extended family lives um, over in Bosnia, you know, practically all of my family. So I don't get to see them, you know, for holidays and stuff. So love them unconditionally. If you only see them once a year, you have to pretend that it's the very last time you're seeing them because as serious as that sounds, you're going to regret not being able to know those people and spending time with them. I truly regret a lot of the family members that, that have passed and that I don't get to see that often. And I really wish I had um, put in more time getting to know them. And I felt like that they would have had some really great advice for some really tough times that I could have been experiencing at school or just in my everyday life. Um, the other thing about family that I felt like um, was very helpful for me was um, don't get traditional customs, get in the way, listen closely to what your family has to say, but let them also shape you. But at the end of the day, even if you don't agree with what your parents or your extended family have to say, if they're super conservative and narrow-minded, you know, Bosnians, um, they only want what is best for you and they're going to accept you for who you are. And they simply just want you to contribute goodness to society and have some sort of framework of values to reference from. At the end of the day, it's for you to decide what you believe in and hopefully you can, you know, take away something from them and kind of incorporate it to your own values. Um, so strict parents aren't so bad. Um, I can now relate to them better and comprehend why, in fact, they do instill these rules for me. It's kind of helped me think rationally. And, you know, if they say no to something, I can think, huh, there's like a good reason behind it. And I have a much healthier relationship with my parents. So and as for friends, going into friends, um, Amina actually asked me um, to go into a lot of people have asked questions about how you keep in contact, how, in fact, you do meet these people. You know, you have so many people around the world that, you know, how do you keep in contact with them? So 
I'll go into that, but you just have to be, like I said, throw yourself out there, be a social butterfly. What I usually do with my friends is we'll go on Facebook and we'll go through all the social events in the area. There's always all sorts of things going around or going on in the city. You know, there's live music at the pubs or there's concerts. You know, there's the huge Mostar Summerfest that I always take advantage of. You can go to hostels. Um, I know UWC, again, they always have things going on. And even my internship. Um, So being able to network has led to so many more doors opening. And I've had so many friends across the world and I've been able to hear their stories and get to know them. And, you know, if I'm ever visiting, I can always say to them like, hey, let's catch a cup of coffee and, you know, get to catch up on all the things that we've missed. Um, And it also really helps you um, learn the worth of long distance relationships because all these people that I've met, I kind of can just pick up where we've left off. Nothing goes unchanged or unsaid. Um, So the way that I like to keep in contact with them is, of course, social media. It's there for a reason um, and video chatting. So, um, you know, I have a lot of my friends, Instagram, Facebook, look through their pictures, make some comments, send them a message every once in a while. Or if you can, you know, sit down and have a video chat with them, even if it's for five minutes, just to say, hey, um, this year has been an absolutely outrageous year because all the friends that I met online or I'd met in Mustar, you know, they came to visit or I got to meet up with them, like Amina, um, one of my best friends from my neighborhood and one of my friends that I had met um, at the pub, you know, I was, I received so many messages from them like, hey, can I come visit you? Can you show me around, you know, Philly or New York or um, New Jersey, the tri-state area? And I was, you know, totally out thrilled to be able to do that for them so it's really great to just be able to network and really just go get involved with whatever you can go out into the city explore there's so much it has to offer absolutely and I'm glad that you mentioned that and I'm glad that you know you're the type of person who if you want to like even if like you said just have a cup of coffee with someone or you know hang out with them and you're we're both just like very chill and we're very open about it but I think maybe there's people out there that are listening to this that you know maybe are more introverted and are like I don't know if I even have literally like the guts to do that or whatever even you know if they are from the same city and we're in Bosnia at the same time but literally just message them like it is really not that big of a deal I honestly didn't even think like that me and Layla would like meet up and then we were hanging out like almost every night while I was there which was awesome like I did not expect that at all but seriously like go meet these people you know see what they're about and you know if you end up meeting someone and it like doesn't go well you obviously don't have to hang out with them I mean that's of course yeah or just go in big groups I felt like that was so helpful you know and you bring like your friends will bring their mutual friends you bring your friends and they're just a whole big group and it kind of like breaks the ice between people so especially for the ones who are a little bit more introverted definitely definitely and you know making that effort to like stay in touch with your family and you know just see people and even though when I was there I was there by myself like you know, without my mom or my brother or other people, you know, I still made the effort to go and see my other family members, even though it was just me, you know, I would message them or I would literally run into family members like on the street that I hadn't seen in a while. Like, (laughs) it was really funny. But um, yeah, just making that effort and doing those things is important. Um, Going back on to the whole strict parents thing that you mentioned, 
So I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone who maybe they want to pursue an opportunity like this, but they don't necessarily know like how to, I guess, convince their parents like to let them go and do it. Because even though it would be, you know, in their home country and maybe even in the same city and stuff like that, like what advice would you give to people who are like, oh, my parents are just going to say no, especially like, I guess, people that are a little bit younger um, going forth with that? Um, I would like to say like with strict parents, it has been an absolute journey and it gets really tough sometimes, but you know, you just have to keep convincing them and, you know, give them good reasons why in fact, you know, you should go and do what you want to do. Um, as a matter of fact, I'll give a great example is college. You know, my parents, they really wanted me to just stay at home, stay in town. And, you know, I really didn't like my hometown to begin with. I didn't want to stay there any longer than I needed to. Um, and the school didn't even have to, the school that they wanted me to attend didn't even offer what I wanted to study. So there was really no point in me going there, but they just really wanted to have, you know, complete authority over me. But, you know, you have to let them understand um, your side of the mm-hmm. side of perspective, you know, um, that you need to go out and learn things for yourself and hadn't really trusted me while I was at home. But when I went away, I felt like it was for the better because they saw so much um, growth and potential in me. And they had seen how much I had matured when, you know, I went to this school in a huge city that was so liberal and filled with so much um, diversity. Um, And they saw that I'd really, you know, I didn't just go out and party on the weekends. I really, um, you know, spent a lot of time studying and I made an effort to learn how to do things on my own in terms of like, I maintained finances and cleaned and cooked around my place and kept it tidy. And, you know, I really made good decisions. So you just have to prove to them that you are always doing the right thing. And, there is no doubt in their mind that they will say, you know, after that, if they really see that you're putting in the time and the effort to, you know, prove to them that you're, that you're, um, you're a good kid, you know, they're not going to say anything. So that's what I've learned is that you just really have to show who's boss. And sometimes you just have to, um, test, test the authority. So I don't think there are a lot of like red flags that would, you know, make them kind of question it too much. But you know, just in the instance that I think it's more so about what you were saying, how you went away for college and stuff like that. It's more about showing that you're capable and that you're serious about it. And I think that's probably the reason why they might question it, not so much because of you know what exactly you're doing and where it is it's almost just the act of like wanting to go forth and you know pursue something like that which is just so awesome and I'm glad that we were both able to you know have these experiences and just kind of make the most out of our summer vacation and if you're listening to this out there and maybe you know you don't go back every summer um that kind of thing I mean, you don't necessarily have to, especially it's all a matter of, you know, your job and like finances and things like that. But let's say, you know, let's say it's mainly like finances that are stopping you from, I guess, taking a trip to Bosnia. We all know it's super expensive. Um, You can sometimes get different deals or fly into different cities or book through a travel agent, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, it's still going to be kind of pricey. So 
my advice, if that's holding you back from, you know, going forth and doing something like this is to create some kind of like savings plan. This is a really good time to do that just because it is the new year and you can kind of sit down and look at how you're spending your money. And that's something that I did, um, like pretty much for the past couple of times that I went in order to pay for my ticket, I would just sit down and say, okay, this is how much, you know, I'm getting paid at my part-time job, that kind of thing. I can save X amount of money. And literally like when I paid for my ticket, I was just working part-time mostly until I became a manager. And then I was having, you know, longer hours and things like that. And then I was doing mm-hmm. Odyssey. So that was kind of bringing in some money, but, you know, not as much as the whole part-time thing. So I just want to preface that because it's not like I was working some, you know, super good paying job and I was just able to buy a ticket. Like, it was not like that at all. I was a college student working part-time, saving money, but I made it happen. It was 100% possible. So definitely don't let that stop you if, you know, that's one of the things that you're thinking like, well, I want to do it, but I'm going to have to pay for my ticket and things like that. And if you can pay for your ticket, then you're pretty much set if you have family there because you have a place to stay. Nothing's really that expensive in Bosnia, so you shouldn't really have to worry about, you know, like buying food and things like that. So... Of course. And I also thought I'd mention um, at a lot of schools, if you're looking to do something academic in the Balkans, um, you know, I would just go and explore the, um, oh my goodness, what is it called? The study abroad programs. And they have so many um, scholarships they have to offer and they're just waiting for somebody to go and get a hold of that. And I know so many people who have gone there and studied for a semester, even over the summer. um, And they're gladly willing to pay for students to go and, you know, study there and learn about the culture and everything so if that's another thing that um you want to you know go learn and get credit for something you should also really stop by the um, study abroad office in your school or even just go research it online too there's all sorts of stuff out there yeah that's that's a good thing to mention especially for all of you guys that are still in school um whether it be Mm -hmm. like undergrad or graduate school, because I didn't think about that. Like I thought about, you know, the study abroad programs that you're mentioning, but I didn't think like, you know, you would be able to get some kind of like grant or like scholarship, even if it's Mm -hmm. just like an internship that, you know, you're doing on your own and it's just you. But I think that's definitely a possibility. So um, I guess to sum all of that up, definitely just take advantage of the opportunity that you have, you know, here just going to school in the U.S., yes, it's expensive and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, you have so many more opportunities and you are able to, you know, go back home and do things like this. So is there anything else that you wanted to add to this episode? Anything else that you wanted people to know who are wanting to pursue opportunities like this? Just any like final, I guess, pieces of advice? I'm just incredibly blessed for all that Mustar has been able to offer me. I've met so many amazing people and I've gained so much more knowledge, not only on the medical field and where I had my internship, but I've also learned so much about other people's cultures and um, I learned more about my family. I learned more about myself and I figured out who it is that I want to be and um, develop my roots. And I feel like, you know, Mustar and Bosnia and Herzegovina as a whole is my home away from home. So, and I have learned to take pride in who I am and where I come from. And I'm not ashamed anymore because, you know, American identity doesn't just make me me. You know, I also have that Bosnian side to me and I can't 
you know, I won't allow anybody to take that away from me. So um, my piece of advice to you guys is don't let, once again, don't let language barriers um, get in the way. You can always overcome them. And you have so many resources out there to help you learn. Go do your research. Go find some cool things to do while you're um, on your summer getaways in the Balkans. And get to know people. Don't be afraid to go out and have fun like especially in nighttime there's the nightlife is absolutely incredible phenomenal in the Balkans and really truly genuinely wholeheartedly spend as much time as you can with your family because they really can have a great impact on on you so that's all I have to say I love that so much and thank you so much for just being open on this episode and sharing your experience about you know, doing this internship and taking advantage of different opportunities in Bosnia, as well as touching on staying in tune with your culture as a whole. So thank you guys so much for listening. If you are interested in being featured on an upcoming episode, just send us an email at hello at balkanbread.com and have a podcast in the subject line. We'll get back to you with further steps on that. So whether it's a topic like this or dating diaspora or anything of that nature. But anyway, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye guys.